Hi everybody, this is Tracy Malone from Narcissist Abuse Support. Welcome to my channel. I hope that you find this video helpful. Today we're going to be talking about why your narcissistic mom hates your body. Being the adult child of a narcissistic parent is often confusing because of the mixed messages that you hear in public and the praise that you get when you're out telling their friends what a wonderful daughter or son you are. And then behind closed doors, you're neglected or shamed or blamed, right? It's confusing. Narcissistic parents often hold a superficial marker of status over their children's head, putting pressure on them to make them proud. You know the type. You've got to get that grade. You've got to do this. And it's also that they can show the whole world, look at my son or daughter, yay, right? But these children often function as a source of pride. So that's the golden child usually, um, or the embarrassment, the scapegoat. See, this is where they can tell everybody that you are not up to their expectations and sort of have an excuse by making you the scapegoat. Often too, they can be in competition so that you know, they must take you down so that they can shine. That's what they're doing with the scapegoat. So you're not taking away from them, right? So while every narcissistic parent has a motivation to show the world that their child is special in some way, the reasoning on the surface looks like proud mama, but it can often be way deeper and the extension of her own self-esteem. In the narcissistic mother's eyes, you exist to make her shine, but the rule is you are not allowed to shine any brighter than them. Children can be judged by their parents for their intelligence, for their looks. But today I'm going to shock, talk with my friend, Elisa Stamps about body image and the narcissistic mother. So let's get started. Welcome, Elisa. Thank you so much for joining me. I am thrilled to be here again. Thank you for having me. You know, you are such a wealth of information and I so appreciate your expertise and um, if you would help me by just sharing a little bit about yourself so people know who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, sure. So uh, Elisa Stamps, I'm a licensed clinical social worker based out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, obviously now offering telehealth. I'm also a Gestalt certified therapist, as well as having just complete, completed my level one certification in IFS or internal family systems. And then I'm also trained in some embodiment and somatic work. And I specialize, of course, in working with adult children of narcissists, as well as folks struggling with disordered eating and body image. And I run an outpatient group called Shattering the Mirror, which is a support and recovery group for adult children of narcissists. And that is why you are here today, young lady. You, we are going to talk about the body shaming of and from a narcissistic mother. And um, this is such a, a, a horrific part of the cycle of abuse with a narcissistic parent. And um, before we go into the body shaming part, which is your expertise and, and you know, I'm so excited that that's your strength. How does someone know that they have a narcissist? What are some traits that they should know? Because there are some people that will come here and just be like body shame, oh my goodness. And then, right. oh, never thought of that narcissistic thing. So can you share some traits so they could just go, I'm in the right place. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely nuanced, right? So, um, you know, I, I think the biggest trait or, or one that stands out the most is this lack of empathy um, that the, the narcissistic parent, the narcissist, and of course, we're using it as a spectrum. 
carries, right? So, so to me, that's the most identifying trait. But there's other traits too that uh, could be including jealousy on the part of the narcissist, uh, often diverting the discussion to become all about them, all you know, supporting accomplishments that will only reflect well on them too, so that they can go around looking like a good parent and tell everybody they know about their child's accomplishments. They can blame things on others without accepting responsibility, you know, for themselves, their actions. Um, and a lot of times, too, it turns out that the, the child feels very responsible for the emotions, the feelings, sometimes the physical ailments of the narcissistic parent as well. So those are some of the traits that I, you know, offer to folks to try and identify. And that's that's a really excellent list to start with and get their their grounding to at least research this more if they're just learning about this. Um, you know, when a parent has these tendencies, these behaviors, these these characteristics, if you would, that they're going to to you know bring these things upon their child. Um, what are the messages internalized by being raised by a narcissistic parent? For me not good enough was always on the top of my yes. mind. What else can we expect to see? Yeah, so I'm in full agreement. I think not good enough is is the biggest and it tends to be the core belief of a child that comes out of this type of family system. Um, you know, they, they hear it at such an early age, all of the uh, the shaming that happens, the blaming that happens, so they carry that you know we carry that with us throughout our lives and and it can really turn into living with that shame that shame of the belief that you know we're just not good enough and then that can translate into feelings about our own body as well absolutely and then if you think about it you know the not good enough you know recording in your head also comes along with it is sort of you have to prove yourself Everything is, I'm not good enough, so I'll do better. I'll please more. I'll push, I'll push, and maybe then she'll love me. Right, right. Yeah, so um, that perfection piece, right? And Brene Brown, I think, explains perfection so well. I had never understood it really until I heard her describing it as the 200-pound shield, that it's really a protective armor so that we don't disappoint, we don't feel disappointed, Right. So, yeah, I think it can definitely spin out into perfectionism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, being raised in Westport, Connecticut with Martha Stewart, everything was perfection. Oh, set the table right. You were in trouble. It was it was right. just brought on even more. And, you know, I always thought that was the excuse. Oh, we, we are in this society world. We have to do this. No, but it right. was internalizing need to be perfect so that maybe they would love me. Um, and I know we're going to talk about the, the body shaming, but I, I really, I, I want to make sure people understand that being overweight, you can be shamed. But I was like so skinny that my elbow bones were the biggest part of my body and I was for being too thin. Like there was something wrong with me and, and, you know, Twiggy was always thrown in my face, you know, you don't have to be Twiggy. And it was like, well, I'm not really doing anything to be Twiggy. I'm not throwing out my food, but I was shamed for it. So how does a mother like create these feelings of shame about the body? How do they do that and why? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought that up because 
it can really be anything, right? So, so the mother does this through projection. She takes the parts of her body, perhaps body parts, facial parts, uh, emotions that she doesn't understand, right? Because the narcissist is completely unaware of their own emotional worlds. They take all that and they project, I call it project vomit it onto the child, right? And then they attack it. So they're essentially attacking, attacking the parts of themselves that they dislike and the body parts that they dislike. But what child knows that? The child begins to believe, um, you know, that it's them that's wrong, that it's them that has something to change. So examples of this might be, you know, the narcissist saying something like, oh, it's a shame your nose is so big. Well, that's probably them thinking that about their nose, but they projected that onto us or, um, you know, you'll never get a partner if you don't lose some weight or you'll never get a partner if you're like Twiggy, right? So they just take that kind of thing again, project it onto the child. And then we begin to hate parts of ourselves without really understanding the reason why. And um, that's a big part of why I titled my group Shattering the Mirrors, because I think so often we have been programmed to look in the mirror and, and we don't see ourselves we see the narcissist. And, um, you know, my hope for folks is through this kind of work that we can begin to see our authentic selves, not parts of the narcissist staring back at us any longer. Exactly. And, and, and accepting that, hey, it's okay to have elbows that are bigger than the rest of your body. And right. this is me and there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, again, the nose was a very good example. There's so many other things that sort of reflect into this those are direct you're too fat you're too skinny you're right. you're so lazy you're this you're that that sort of shame you're not smart enough um but but even things that they sort of then push you to wear inappropriate clothes if you're overweight they might make you wear clothes that are too small so that you really go to school and you're just like muffin topped at age nine and yeah. are shamed by others. And so when they're doing things like that or criticizing, you know, if you want to wear this, well, that doesn't fit into their mold. So you're not allowed to wear that. So what are other ways that they might attempt to control the body um, shaming like this? Yeah, um, you know, definitely, as you said, um, putting putting us in, in in inappropriate clothing or you know not age appropriate clothing and um, you know I, I found this great article in doing research for this uh, this podcast and it's um, it's an article entitled your narcissistic mother hates your body and here's why and um, you know it's really about her again hating her own parts of herself and then yours by extension, right? So often we don't know where we begin and the narcissist ends. And that can really happen in this case too. And so um, she feels she has this right to control. She feels it gives her the right to control and critique and judge and um, exploit, exploit and neglect the child's body. And um, you know, there's various ways she can do this in addition to what you said about the clothing. There's fat shaming that can be done. There's comparing appearances. Uh, you know, often I think there's the comparison of siblings appearance well, or even the triangulation in talking about the siblings appearance well. You know, your sister really, doesn't she look heavier, right? Mm -hmm. So all the stuff that 
we don't need to know about and it shouldn't be spoken about. Um, telling you to get your hair cut or styled inappropriately. I, I know that personally that is an experience I had in middle school. I was growing my hair out and uh, you know my mother who has lots of feelings about her hair projected them onto me, made me style my hair a certain way. I had to tie it up with a ribbon underneath, go to school every day like that. Nobody else was wearing their hair like that. Nobody, but you know, all about that projection piece. Um, we can be shamed for sexuality. We can be shamed for femininity. I mean, it's really endless, the possibilities of that. And, you know, the mother will often say that I, I want to be described as devoted and loving. And so that's why I'm telling you this doesn't look good because I care for you. Yeah, yeah. And I love you and I don't want others to do, right? So like, it's so mixed messages. It's such crazy making stuff. The, the mixed messages are what creates the trauma bond, what creates the cognitive dissonance, or we're sitting like, am I good? Am I bad? You know, she's trying to help me. Oh, thank you, mom. But then she's hurting you. So we're like, wait, you know, and, and isn't there such a, a difference between the public mom and the private mom? Because the public mom does put you on a pedestal and praise you. And then right. behind closed doors, they're shaming you, which puts the, the child um, in this place of, do you love me? Do you hate me? I'm really confused here. And so we hold on to the part that we want to, which is usually, oh, they do love me. So they're trying to tell me this for my betterment, but not realizing they're really hurting you a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And then we, we learn or can learn, okay, if I look like this, I'll get what I need from my mom. I'll get the approval. I'll get the love. I'll get the admiration, right? So it's again so hard to tell like what are my own likes dislikes what's my own style like it gets so enmeshed and um exactly as you said mixed messages gaslighting can come in manipulation can come in yeah it's 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 the whole like mom cocktail it's just like a scary scary cocktail of what are we gonna you know abuse the child with today where are we going to take away her self-esteem people ask me is the mother sitting there deliberately going, I'm going to take away her self-esteem so she doesn't know? Is the mom that calculating? You know, that's a really good question. Um, my my instinctual answer is is no, that sometimes it's really like, it's just not consciously done. Mm -hmm. You know, and remembering that the narcissist is that core wound of that fear of abandonment so anything perceived or real that challenges that they're going to you know project or attack but i did read recently just some information around how sometimes they really do enjoy seeing us suffer but again i don't know that they're fully aware that that's part of it that it may make them feel needed if we're suffering right it may make them feel superior i don't know but it's it's a great question it's, it's a, a question, great question everyone wrestles with and it, i think it comes down to sort of a blend because we have seen the situations where it it gives them supply to you know take you down and so it's it's hard to determine it and i know everyone's going to always ask that question so thank you for answering it yeah. um but i want to know 
if this is happening to someone, what are the long lasting effect of this kind of projection? Like what happens because, you know, not being good enough is, is part of your core wound now. Right. How does that affect you for the rest of your life? Yeah, so um, absolutely. It can, you know, very likely, not, I shouldn't say very likely, but it can lead to, you know, eating disorders. It can lead to some self-harming behaviors. Addiction, I would say, is is lumped in there as well. Um, and again, doing my research, I found another story by Kelly Wallace, um, who's of CNN. And uh, she gave the statistic that, you know, five to eight-year-olds who believe that their mother is unhappy with their body, with her body, are more likely to become unhappy with their body. And um, that by age seven, one and four kids have engaged in some sort of dieting behavior. And we know statistically in the eating disorder world that most people that you know eventually progress to an eating disorder have done some sort of dieting in their life prior to that so that's there's statistical evidence of that um and then you know we can begin to believe that part of a woman the most important part of her is her appearance based on what our mother is saying you know obviously based on the media we see that all the time and we see images all the time around that but um it's it's driven home more easily when when the mother is very unhappy as well and that becomes you know sort of center stage and for me as a the daughter of a narcissistic mother um that i'm not good enough message led me to get involved and marry and date narcissists like it becomes normalized that down it becomes normalized that you're not good enough and you are lucky to have me kind of a thing instead of the, I have enough confidence to go, that behavior is not okay. We're so used to pleasing mom and having to do that, that very often abusers can come in and re-abuse us and, and follow the same sort of legacy, if you would, of, of what has happened from our childhood. Yeah, yeah, we are starved as children of narcissists for unconditional love, right? Validation, uh, approval, just lifting us up, making us feel special. And sometimes if, if those wounds are still lingering, we'll, we'll gravitate to anything that shows us that, even if it's uh, you know, not in our best interest. And, and, and again, this is the, the, the ploy of so many of us and um, our goal in life has got to be to break that pattern healing how does someone heal from this though yeah um you know i would say to begin to heal we want to begin to create distance between our mother's body and our own body and um reclaim it right and that might be something starting out by looking in the mirror and, and just simply stating facts, neutral facts of what we see. You know, I see green eyes, I see curly hair, right? Like just beginning to neutralize our image and, and separate and individuate from that image of our mothers. Um, begin to discover and start to, you know, love our body. I know that's like a all encompassing term right now, but really beginning to love it and and that I believe starts with discovering our own likes and dislikes as well 
when it comes to clothing, when it comes to style, when it comes to food even, um, shifting some of those internal messages. So loving our legs for how strong they are, for that, you know, they let us go skiing, they let us ride a bike, right? I'm appreciative, I have gratitude for that. And then um, this is a big one because I think it can so often go along with eating disorders is that exercise disorder piece, right? So I'm really being conscious of saying physical activity or physical movement rather than exercise and, and doing it for kindness to self, doing it for enjoyment. If we are, you know, seven days a week, two hours a day, you know, insanity workouts up the wazoo, because we hate our bodies mm -hmm. that's exactly what that is but beginning to find the love of self through physical movement mm -hmm. and then you know being in nature being present in the moment doing these forest baths i heard them described as right um and if if we're so concerned with what we look like you know how our bodies are it definitely prevents us from being in the present moment so just trying to come back to that place of self as often as we can i i, I thank you for that so much the the separation of you and them is such an important piece of recovery although at my ripe old age i now have my mother's body <laughs> i didn't before and i'm like oh shit it manifested oh no I, I hear you and I feel you. <laughs> I mean, it, it's sort of a circle around, but it is kind of totally. on the first side that, oh gosh, it happened. Um, all right, I have just one more question for you. Yeah. But how do we break this cycle for our own children? And yeah. I think we talked about that a second ago where we are going to, um, you know, do everything we can to heal us first, but how do we not have this be the legacy of our family? Because again, learn behaviors. If this is how we learned that that's what a mother does, are we gonna go turn our kid into, oh, you know, and, and criticize them as well? How do we not? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it starts with us, absolutely. Um, we, we get to be the gatekeepers of breaking that pattern. Uh, the biggest I would say is stop talking about your body or your weight in front of your child stop talking about their body and their weight in front of them in front of others right mm. huge huge they're going to learn from what we do they're going to watch as children will listen right they see it um stop talking about good or bad foods food is food right mm -hmm. and and we're so programmed and we're in that time of year now where you know the diet the diets have hit so there is no such thing as good or bad food. Food is food. Really try to refrain from talking about, you know, food, diets, other people's weight, other people's appearance. Whoa, she looks like she put on the COVID-19. No, right? Like yeah. stop comparing. That's the biggest one. Okay. Um, and then be honest with your child about your own insecurities, about your own struggles around this you know I, I try I have a daughter I have a 15 year old daughter I really try I desperately try to help her love her body in ways that I never had the privilege of um, so so just emphasizing you know the loving of body parts loving you know this body positivity movement that's taken the diet industry by storm which I love and uh, you know the importance on other strengths 
you know, courage, a kind heart, you know, kindness towards other and really driving those traits home rather than the body and appearance. You mentioned the whole talking about food and it's just food and my body, my mind flashed to my mother never taught us healthy eating. Um, she never took that time. And so, um, you know, cupcakes are a very good dinner for me. <laughs> and, you know, so it, it is something that, again, teaching them nutrition versus good and bad food, going the route of, you know, not we're going to be healthier or this or that, but, but also not shaming, um, right. you know, any kind of food, good or bad food, because for us, you know, it was hide the Marlamars and the devil dogs. And, and so I learned that kind of behavior, which didn't serve me well. So I would have longed for the, um, the, the parental kind of guidance to healthy eating. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you bringing that up um, because it triggered something in my mind too, around this idea that, you know, we're so quick to sometimes use food as punishment or food as showing our love too. And, and that can be really confusing and send those mixed messages as well. Is there anything that we missed? Is anything that people should know that we haven't really talked about? Do we miss anything? I don't think, I can't think of it off the bat, but you know, definitely reaching out for support too. If, if um, you're finding yourself struggling more around body stuff, around food stuff than you'd like, I would say, you know, reach out for support. The support is there. Absolutely. And, and I think reading books about narcissistic moms would help yeah. so that yeah. you that it really was them and not you. Because if you've got this sort of delusion of, of your mom and, and you just kind of know the word narcissist, you're just learning about it, you don't really understand the magnitude of the damage and the wounds that were caused. So by reading up on that, and educating yourself, you're going to be more empowered to make that separation. You know, when you're still longing for their love and you're not sort of, you're sort of in, in, you know, denial about maybe she is, maybe she's not, I don't know. Well, go and read the book and see if you can relate to some of these things, because that's going to be so freeing and really helpful and support is, is the answer, but a book will help a whole lot too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Research, um, definitely. And, and, you know, presenting, posing more questions around this topic too, because I do think it's an under discussed topic. So, you know, let's get the word out there too. And that's what this video is for. So that's I right. can't thank you enough and for bringing in expertise. And um, this has been a great interview and I know it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I am so thrilled to be back and I really appreciate uh, seeing you again. Yay, take care.